Talking Records Podcast. Talking Records Podcast. Talking Records Podcast. We talk about our favorite records. Talking Records Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Thank you all for listening. You showed up to the right place. Jen and his friends dive deep and analyze the records we have grown to love. We'll tell you how we found the band. Then give you a track by track breakdown of all the songs. So grab your favorite beverage and pull up a seat. Today we'll look at another record in its entirety. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Jed, and you're listening to Talking Records, a podcast that focuses on one album per episode really diving in and rounding up everything we can and just putting it all in one place. After a nice long break, Talking Records is back and I am absolutely thrilled to be joined today by my good friend, Mr. Jay Prozac. Jay, how's it going, man? What's up, Jed, man? Stoked to be here with you again on Talking Records. It's been a while. The Talking Records. I'm psyched to be back, man. You ever just like step away from a thing for a while just so you can miss it? Yeah, you got to. I do that with work every every, every few days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I maybe guess maybe me too. You know, I took the summer off. Joke. That was a bad joke. That was a bad example. You got to refresh and you either, re- you either realize you don't want to be back to whatever you were doing or you miss it so much you come back and you're refreshed. Well, that's the thing, you know, like talking records for me has always been a hobby. It's always been fun. You know, I don't, I don't run ads on this thing. I'm not like, I don't have to have episodes out all the time. You know, I've got a handful of wonderful people that are like, hey, man, you coming back? But for the most part, people are busy. They don't, you know, they're on to the next thing. It's right. totally fine. So I was like, I'm going to take some time off. And when I'm ready to come back, I'll come back. And I'm back. And this is fun. And I'm glad to have you here, Jay. Welcome back, Jed. Thank you. We're going to talk today, Jay, about a record that um, we've had some, some <laughs> friendly arguments about this band. And this is a record I really love. I, I can't say I'm... Yeah. I'm a huge fan of this band, but we'll talk about all that in just a minute. Before we get into it, though, I want to just remind people, because it's been a while, make sure you check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TalkingRecords.net. Please send us emails, TalkingRecords at Outlook.com. Thanks to all of you who wrote in messages, emails, and stuff while I was away. I read all those, and it was definitely the fuel uh, I needed or didn't need, but like it was nice to, to read all those and know that people appreciate the show and we're wondering when it's coming back. So thank you. All those message messages meant a lot to me. I appreciate that. Yes, all sir. Right. Jay. Screeching all right, let's do it. We're going to talk about this band, Jay, and as as you know, I am not a huge Screeching Weasel fan, and I don't think it's really Screeching Weasel as much as I'm just not a big fan of Mr. Ben Weasel. (laughs) As are a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I just don't get the whole curmudgeon thing you know like the just being angry all the time and putting everything down kind of way about it you know he's a great songwriter i can't argue with that uh you know he has led this band for years 
and I just wish he was nice. I just wish he was a nicer, kinder, more jovial fellow. Yeah, well, I don't know. Some some guys are biting into the turd, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of feel like it would make some of these songs that he does, some of these goofier ones. Like I I I just feel like they would hit a little bit differently. Like they, but I'm just like, man, I don't know. Yeah, that guy seems really a- mad. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have a progressive, you know, from getting into the band through the years. I mean, it's been a long time. I've been listening to, to this band uh, since about 1995. So it was a, you know, wow. And, and that, that was years, three years before I even ever thought I'd play music. I didn't, you know, when I, when I got into the punk rock and all that, it wasn't uh I didn't take it from a musician to musician standpoint whatsoever. And, and I wasn't like analyzing no. band members and that sort of thing, you know. I really don't have too many bad things to say about the guy. You know, I don't I don't know him. I've never really listened to any interviews with him. It seems to me like every time he's focused on it's just some negativity surrounding him. Angry at this label, angry at that guy, you know, slugging people. I don't know. But with all that acknowledged i do want to say that the record that we are going to be diving in today is a classic i love this record i've been listening to this one probably not as long as you but we'll get into our our origin stories in just a moment but before we do let's take a look at the history of this fine record okay here we go my brain hurts by screeching weasel was released on lookout records in september of 1991 which 91. is crazy. 91, man. What was happening in 91 as no far clue. as punk rock there. goes? <laughs> it was another couple of years before. <laughs> <laughs> before figuring that out. Yeah, mostly, mostly um, punk bands that turned into metal bands. I yeah, think, or right? there were metal bands maybe that turned into punk bands too. Kind of went both ways. Yeah. Perhaps I mean, I don't I wasn't there either, but I do know that it was definitely not a time where the genre was taking off. And here was Screeching Weasel. You know, they were kind of, you know, they weren't the first to do it, but they had definitely kind of I don't know maybe pumped a little bit of life into it so that things like ninety three well, and ninety four could happen. Kind of an you know? integral part of it. Sure. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, these bands. It's funny that these that the bands of the, like the you know the ninety three ninety four era, you know where, where these bands were pumping along for quite a while, including Green Day and, and Weasel and the Mr. T Experience and yeah. that whole you know grouping of bands. We're talking like early eighties, the Queers, you know, Bad Religion. I hit the you know what I mean. It really hit the mainstream at that time. Yeah, it's uh, these bands were. Really plugging away for quite a while. The mainstream audience, you know. Yeah, and that became kind of an exciting time for the yeah. stuff to start really kind of budding and taking off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Screeching Weasel is definitely an, an underdog of the. Uh, obviously, they didn't they didn't mm-hmm. hit that that status, but um, you know, a lot of bands are. It's a kind of like a mini Ramones in a way, you know, where the Ramones were obviously hugely influential and an important band and didn't really get their full due. 
you know, the bands that they influenced many mm. worlds of music that became bigger than way bigger than them overall, you know. And I almost feel like a lot of bands like Screeching Weasel and the Queers and Mr. T Experience and even Green Day, you know, saw what the Ramones were doing in the 70s and kind of like then turned and looked at what the Ramones were doing in the late 80s when they were trying so hard to have hits and they were bringing in all these crazy producers. And these guys were like, we're going to go back to that, like that 77 thing. We're going to try to focus on just turning out this like good punk rock music and not worrying so much about who's listening and where it's being played and how much money it's bringing in, you know? The album was recorded that summer of 91 at the art of ears studio in san francisco and was produced by andy ernst and of course mr larry livermore former green day drummer al sabrante is listed as executive producer there you go i'm looking at the record right now actually (laughs) the band had broken up after touring on the punk house ep drummer brian and bassist dan schaefer had started sludgeworth and wanted to focus on that Ben Weasel and John Jaghead Pearson formed the Gorgor right. Girls. Screeching Weasel played a one-off reunion show. Something must have clicked because most of the band then wanted to reform. Brian Verman and guitarist Doug Ward were not interested. And Ben wasn't quite sure. He wanted to do more Ramon-style stuff and insisted they go by a different name. Everyone agreed to move forward under the name Gorgor Girls. Dan Panic and Gorgor Girls bassist Dave would play bass and Schaefer would move to the guitar. This would be the only release with bassist Dave. Dave Nakin. I believe they also played out as, as a band called Wiggle at one point. Yeah. Oh, really? So after the, I mean, the, Yeah, and, and some of the Gorgor Girls songs eventually became screech were screech came screeching weasel songs right well so what happened was is the band recorded a demo of like new material and ben sent it off to larry livermore at lookout larry was interested but under one condition do you know that one condition was it had to be screeching weasel had to be screeching weasel (laughs) according to an essay written by livermore titled when is politics anything but personal Ben wanted to put Screeching Weasel to bed and start a new band under a new name, the Gorgor Girls. I listened to the tapes and said, sounds like Screeching Weasel. Why don't you just be Screeching Weasel? Why throw away all the publicity and credibility you've already built up? Yes. I mean, makes sense. Why start anew? You've already got, you know, the band name recognition, that great logo. What happens, I think, you know? And looking for being Screeching Weasel being such an influence on myself, you know that. And personal experiences too, you know what? Like every, once you decide to keep the name and move on and you do the next step, now that, now what you do next becomes a part of the whole. So you're kind of expanding, you know, they, they expanded. So every time they didn't, you didn't change the name, you do something new. It's a little different. Now it's part of your, now that's part of what you are, you know? Um, you know, obviously, Screeching Weasel from yeah. from Boogada Boogada to uh, to my brain hurts was a bit of a reinvention. Although you could see it, and you could already see it on Boogada Boogada, uh, where, where they where they were yeah. evolving in sound, kind of taking the music in a different direction. 
away from sort of like that. Yeah, loud I mean, and fast we were heavily influenced by you know like the angry more, Samoans and that 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 world of punk rock and yeah, yeah they were they were shift shift The band headed out to California to set up at Art of Ears Studio. The album was recorded quickly in just about four four or so days. Uh, the <laughs> I think the Discogs even has the dates listed July 2, 3, 8, and 9. <laughs> Not sure what yeah, they were doing on the 4th, 5th, or 7th, but <laughs> maybe playing shows. Who knows? Uh, busting out uh, Fenders and Squires, the band um, set up in the studio. Vapid joked on the Jughead's Basement podcast about playing out of a crate amp. amp. Uh, I remember when I first started off, I had a crate, and man, that thing sounded I think like that crap. amp may have made its way to the. Uh, the new punk rock museum in Vegas. Oh, I'm not, really? I'm not 100, oh, perfect. 100% sure, but I I know it was mentioned and I I know they have some screeching weasel stuff there. I've been following the punk rock museum and some of the things that have been donated and and exhibits that are going up. It's really cool to just see all that that stuff that probably means very little to most people, but to be like that's the amp that they played on for my brand. Yeah. Like that's just to me that's cool stuff. Like I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point exactly. of this podcast. <laughs> the band laid down all the basic tracks live to tape. Overdubs and vocals were added in later. During the sessions, the group re-recorded a number of older songs from its catalog, including Slogans, Kamala's Too Nice, Fathead, and I Want to Be a Homosexual. You, just said, you said it. You said it right there. Didn't actually you? make the album. <laughs> yeah. According to an interview with Livermore on Punk Rock Pravada, they had every song totally figured out in advance and just whipped through the 14 songs on the album and another three they were doing for a compilation, which were actually the songs on the Pervo Devo EP. Uh, and they did that in no time flat, just blasted through everything, knew what they were doing. Bam, yeah. done, right? That's how you got to do it. In 1991, you're not laboring in the studio for months on end. Uh, you're, you're punk rock and layering you know, tracks like playing, and you're playing through, you're playing through pack, looking for practice guitar amps, tones you're, you're on tour you're winging it making punk rock you're playing shows in between you're, you're going uh, you're all also, hours of the night yeah there's got to be a bit of honesty in there and i'm you know and uh, and some magic can be created created from that from that uh you know yeah i don't know man there's a magic there's a time there's a place there's an age there's a a mindset and that's why some of these records that we love so much have have that uh, that piece of magic in there that you can't duplicate. I agree, man. I've said it before, and I even said it recently. There's something about these older records that just really they capture an energy. There's something about them that I just don't I don't feel like bands are really capturing anymore. I'm not saying that music th- these days isn't energetic and exciting to listen to, but there's something about a lot of these older records, these like the ones that feel a little bit more right. live, a little bit more organic. You weren't going for a it just sounds so much. You know, better. now you can sit there and dilly dally with with recordings, and you're not in the same room with people, and you're you're doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, guys making yeah, yeah records completely on their own, and and things are being digitally perfected, and all these things, and you didn't have that. You had what you had, you know, and. You know, so you you weren't wasting yeah. your time on like what can you fix in in post. You were you were laying down what you had, and you know, <laughs> and that's you know all hands on deck when it came yeah. to mixing. You know, you got 
seven, eight hands on the faders, you know, and you, you want to change your mix, you're doing it all over again. You know, it's like, you know, you don't sit on it for, right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you're full of energy and, and uh, it, it shows that, that, that shows, you know? Yeah. And I'll, you, get what you, you, get know, and you go back and be like, I, you know, maybe try to fix that. And you know, as well as I, a lot of bands have gone back in their back catalogs and tried to fix records. We're going to take this song mm. out. We're going to retract some stuff. We're going to, mm. we're going to go through and do a, a modern production to these existing recordings. And sometimes maybe they can, they can technically be improved, but you know, I give validity to the people that listen to mm-hmm. it and say, I liked how it sounded before, because that's what you were imprinted with for, you listen to a record for 20 years and all of a sudden it's got a whole different sound to the same recording. You know, and yeah. I mean, exactly. Yes. I can think of a couple of records like that and I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I'm not it's used not to hearing time, it like this. But yeah, it's a, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we've gone through the same thing too. You know, there's, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Again, that's what that's where a lot. I think a lot of people too. Time and place is important to music. You know, say the case of yeah, Screeching absolutely. Weasel. You know, being a longtime fan and everything else. And um, you know, I've heard several people over the years. Oh, this band sucks. They uh, there's a million bands that that are so much better than they are doing the same thing. But time and place. You know, when they were doing it, there weren't a million bands doing what they were doing. They were like I said, they didn't yeah. reinvent the wheel but they took something and morphed it into something new at a time, you know, and that's why they're an influence. That's why the Ramones are the influence they are. That's why the Beatles are the influence they are, you know, why these bands were the, you know, it's, yeah. you can't say there's a million bands that started 20 years after them that are so much better. So the Beatles suck, you know, you don't, I mean, you can say that all you want. People yeah. do, but whether you like them or not, you got to, you know, a lot of these bands, you, you know, it's, you got to look at it from a different angle to get, to, to be able to appreciate what was, right. what was going on there, you know? Well, talking about time and place, uh, Jay, I want to know, this is the part where I ask you, how did you get in to Screeching Weasel? Give me a, a history. brief yeah. history. So Green Day, Green Day Explosion, 90, 93, 94. Got into all the, got into the, yeah. the, 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 the four, the offspring that, you know, bad religion. That was my introduction to punk rock, BMX videos, all that crap. We've talked about that before. And mm-hmm. the next two, three years was the biggest consuming period of my life. It felt like 30 years happening in like, you know, a year. And uh, I made my way to, to Screech and Weasel. And the queers and the Mr. T experience. So I heard Screeching Weasel from a, uh, a BMX video. I heard the song "I'm Gonna Strangle You," and I heard the song "My My Friends Are Getting Famous" mm-hmm. on Ben Weasel's Punk USA comp. So that was, you know, I had my my first collection of comps in 90, 94, 95. Of course, Punkarama, Punkarama One, uh, Punk Uprisings. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, whatever, like the survival of you know, the Fat Records comps came. And uh, so Punk USA was one of my first. And between that and that, that, that uh, Strangle You, that put my ear on Screeching Weasel. And uh, I died buying record. I have specific moments in time. I remember being in New Hampshire on a BMX road trip. And I'm like, we're at Newberry Comics in Nashua or something. And I have in my hands like 
I had a, a couple of friends that were always like, dude, buy Screeching Weasel records. Buy a Screeching Weasel record. Records. Mm. So that particular day, <laughs> I bought Bracket, Four Wheel Vibe, in Voodoo Glow Skulls uh, firm. And, but I had Weasel in my hand. I didn't buy it. Eventually, you know, it was oh. Music Outlet in Springfield or in Enfield where I bought my first Screeching Weasel record. And I bought Mr. T Experience, Love is Dead. Mm had just came out that was the new that was 96 so that was the newest Screeching weasel album and yeah. or i'm sorry mr t and i bought kill the musicians by screeching weasel and that that day changed my life awesome i switched cds i drove from enfield you know the area to i made it to the uh the greek cultural yep. center in springfield at the stop sign and i switched i i, I was in the middle of mr t experience flipping my shit and I pulled it out right there and I put in Killing Musicians and I continued to flip my shit. And that day changed my life. And that stop sign was like, that was it. Yeah, like I wow. transitioned these two albums and and I probably in the next the next few months was very blurry because I just consumed it all. I think I, I think I Killing Musicians was was yeah. newest weasel. That was a collection kind of prior to my brain hurts. It was Yep. Pretty much pretty much the in-between Booga and my brain hurts with Vapid coming in. But I didn't know any of that. I was just all these fucking songs. And right. it just, um, I was floored. I felt a connection that I hadn't felt pri- prior to that. You know, I was hugely into like the Fat Records while Lagwag and Face to Face were a couple of my, my absolute favorite bands at the time. And all and, and so, you know, you know that whole genre. Yeah. And we've talked about that. No use for a name. So propaganda, like I was, oh, yeah. I was floored on all these bands, but there was something raw that was different at that moment with these bands. There was, I just connected in the, in the, the music was like, it was just stripped down. It was and just lyrically. I think I connected. Like I was, I was young. I was lonely. I hadn't even had, I hadn't, you know, hadn't had a girlfriend yet, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was, yeah, I, I felt like that was my home. Like I felt connected it felt like me like these guys were were these bands were singing and maybe the music felt was a little more primitive but it was different and i didn't it, that's what made me appreciate the ramones and i I, mean, I was listening to um mm-hmm. i had audios amigos by the ramones and and i had uh, ramones mania at that time and mm-hmm. Those are the ba- those bands were way closer to being and honoring the Ramones and get, you know kind of coming full circle like understanding you know I liked I love the Ramones but I didn't understand the importance of them at that moment either and you know bands like the Fat Record style right. bands and things which all these bands you know <laughs> are in that realm love the Ramones and stuff but they didn't they weren't playing the sound they weren't grabbing the certain aesthetics you know. But you know, so it was lyrically, right, yeah. you know, like screeching weasel. I thought, I thought lyrically, there was a lot of smart ass stuff. There was a lot of, like you said, angry things. There's the lonely, the lonely guy. It just felt relatable and closer, yeah. closer to home. Like I was, I was hearing the things that I was feeling. Um, and each of those bands had have something to, different to offer. But screeching weasel for me was kind of. The whole package. I had seen that Paul Russell Weasel logo long before I ever heard a note of the band. That, yeah. that iconic 
logo just stuck in my brain for a long time. Uh, Donna had right. Boogada, Boogada, Boogada. Uh, but, you know, I would see that CD and I never really plunged in. Y- years later, another friend let me borrow Kill the Musicians. Right. Uh, and that was that comp you mentioned. Uh, yep. that came out in, I think, 95. And that just had like a lot of seven inch uh, songs on it, some demos, other odds and ends. And I just always remember loving the opening oh, yeah. track, Kamala's Too Nice. That was like such a great song with the ba ba ba. You know, it, it sounded very like Ramones ish. There was even some, I think, Ramones oh, yeah, covers yeah. on that album. And so I kind of got into that. I, you know, I just noticed that a lot of songs that I liked off Kill the Musicians were on My Brain Hurts. So naturally, I had a friend tape that record for me you know i was late to the screeching weasel game i I don't have that that nostalgic uh sort of that you know time and place thing that you were mentioning but i you know i really liked this album uh you know i i was really into the ramones and i liked that ramones style punk rock um got into learning about them and got into eventually the various projects that branched off. Like I loved the Riverdales because I, I, you know, as I've said on this podcast many times, I'm a huge Dan Schaefer fan. Anything that man does to me is just sounds wonderful. I love uh, the stuff that Jughead has been doing, even in the blackouts and stuff like that. I always followed those various trails and always found that I liked all those bands, maybe just a little bit more than Screeching Weasel. But I do appreciate this album. I'm excited to dig into these yeah. tracks with you today, yeah, Jay. Uh, so what do you think? Let's do your thing, dude. <laughs> All right. So yeah. on the look side, side A, the album starts off with Making You Cry. Due to the high energy and explosiveness of the song, the band wanted this song to lead off the album. Larry Livermore disagreed, saying the band should lead off with their strongest song. Not sure what what that was, what he thought was the strongest song, but the band won out in the end, making you cry, kicks off the record. I think it's a great kickoff. Mm -hmm. Fucking blast right in. You gotta have a good like banging starter, you know. I feel like the song is best summed up by the lines, "I tend to open my yap and make you feel like crap, and I think you ought to kick me out on my ass." It's a song about someone who understands, they get it, that they treat someone poorly, uh, but just can't seem to like get themselves together enough to change. You know, <laughs> it's about like those toxic relationships that goes on and on. Who knows what reason, you know? Yeah. Um. Part of part of with um, Ben's writing and stuff too is uh, that's the the self uh, defecation, you know, probably and, and being an asshole. That's a <laughs> two of them. So yeah, I guess it, I guess it kind of start, starts out like that. Yeah, you're saying, don't you get it? I'm mm. a, I, I suck. Get rid of me. <laughs> it's almost like a twinge of like feel bad about it, but like I'm not gonna change. So you know? <laughs> um, before we dig farther in it, one of the one of the th- you were asking like what what uh what kind of gets me with Screeching Weasel in general. I feel like um, from a musical standpoint, they're, they're able, they're able to take situations and songs and emit an emotion from it. Even if it's a negative, even Mm. if it's something you don't agree with, or you don't even understand there, that was something I got out of that band was, um, you know, the, the, the ability to latch on 
just the music alone driving driving an emotion if they don't have to intently listen to the lyrics maybe it gives you an ability to derive your own your own beginning and end to their to the song so maybe a lot of a lot of the negativity when you sit down and you look at it you're like wow this is pretty fucking fucked up you know but you're like you're wrapping yourself around a sound and creating your own thing out of it yeah, and they didn't screw around. It's not like they had like long musical intros and like solos and like all kinds of crazy stuff. It was all, like you said, you create a vibe. It was just yep. energy and emotion. So yeah, making you cry. All right, the next song on the yep. record is called Slogans. This is a re-recorded version of the song, which had appeared on the There's Fungus. I believe uh, the original I Want to Be a Homosexual is on that as well. And I I don't think I Uh, have that comp, which kind of bums me out. I don't remember now. Oh, I thought you had that one. I don't remember. I might. Actually, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. I I know I've got the What what Are You Pointing At? Mm -hmm. There's a, yeah, I've got got a few comps. I don't think I, I'll have to check. You've got so many records, man. I don't even remember at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Slogans is killer. It's a good song. Why do you think they re-recorded it for the full length? Maybe it was just a sessional thing. You know, they were they wanted a song on the album and they wanted to include it in the current session. Right. Give it the same sound. A couple albums later, they had re-recorded a couple songs for an album and they wound up using the the original versions. Mm. They did, um, you know, Anthem for a New Tomorrow. They recorded some songs, different sessions, and they, yeah, the album versions wound up being the the alternate takes. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I wouldn't know why. I mean, mm. except my only guess would be, you know, they did these singles, and when they went to do the album, they decided to, uh, you know, I've done that myself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so maybe, maybe maybe something, you know, maybe they felt like something changed too, with the different players too, right, right, different. So yeah, slogans is a, a total total classic. Uh, by five minutes. Don't tell me ideology has a thing to do with it. You like to think you're different, but you're all one fucked up power trip. <laughs> you know, getting that angry side out again, you know. <laughs> yeah, as the story goes, you know they were really speaking out against the Chicago skinheads at the time. Uh, you know, especially Ben, who was no stranger to being antagonistic. Um. You know, dealing with the racists in the scene, just, ugh, you know, just yeah. calling them out and challenging them and telling them that their way of thinking is pretty effed up, man. Yeah. So personally, I think slogans connect, has a connect with me in that, um, in that, uh, kind of feeling like a dork on like an unwanted, not someone who got picked on in high school and things, mm. you know, I think it kind of, it kind of, kind of relates to some of that. Yeah, be able to kind of pull pull those pull those feelings out of uh, out of that tune. The next song on the record is called Guest List. Yeah, Guest List is a it's a shining shining a uh, vapid moment in Guest List. Yeah, I like this song a lot. You know, so at the time listening to the record, you know, later later years really appreciating 
you know, get understanding the band members and all that stuff more. But yeah, those that vapid vocals coming in after Boogada Boogada, you know, that was a huge, uh, huge change in his pop influenced writing style. You know, it's glorious. It is glorious hearing <laughs> hearing his vocals. You know, it's a funny song. Uh, it's a, definitely a tune where you you get where Ben Ben likes to to pull out these uh, old TV shows. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and those 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 sitcom references, which are are played out through the Screeching Weasel catalog. I love it, Harvey Klinger yeah. from Brady Bunch. Yeah, <laughs> so it's uh, you know you had Murder in the Brady House on their very first yeah. album. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and it's a lot of that stuff. If you don't know that, maybe you got to research, research it. And you're like, you, you you read those lyrics, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, it's hard to familiar. You know, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> it is fun. I, you know, I never understood why how Harvey Klinger connected, but you know, it's a song uh, about you know, presumably Ben spotting a girl standing outside, inviting her into the show, putting yeah. her on the guest list. Guitarist Dan Vapid brought fragmented ideas in for the song and you know ben kind of pulled that together with the the stuff that he was coming up with the lyrics and the verses one of the interesting bits that i picked up about this song that i thought was interesting is that the lead guitar line in the song was actually something that vapid was trying to use for a sludgeworth song okay and it wasn't working just wasn't working out and uh so he he popped it into this one so (laughs) kind of cool yeah you can see that. You gotta go with what works, you know. You can't, you can't fit it somewhere. You gotta find a good place for it. Where does it? Where does it fit in nicely? You know. Yeah, and that's funny. Works talking, great here. Talking about um again, cause like timelines get so blurred. I said back then, getting into the music and consuming so much so fast. Like I, I get confused when things were happening. I got into Sludgeworth. It must have been early '96 when I finally got my first Screech and Weasel record, and it was, you know. It was '96 when I got when I got into Sludgeworth. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, that would have been the second Warp Tour. Was '96 because mm-hmm. so, I, I heard Blink One Eight Two wow. and Sludgeworth at the same time. But yeah, I mean, I guess it was. <laughs> it, it's funny. So that was my first Dan Vapid band, but not really under, knowing, you know, just like a dude from Screeching Weasel. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, I can definitely see that with Guestless, and I'm sure who knows what he was writing. But I'm sure it was all crisscrossing and sneaking mm-hmm. way into everything, you know? Yeah, lean on that guy a little bit more. He's got some good stuff. He's got good ideas. <laughs> Let him speak. Yep. <laughs> the next song on the record is Veronica Hates Me. This is a play on Valerie Loves Me, a song by Material Issue. And this is another song that I remember, I think, from the Kill the Musicians. I always like this one, too. Ben is singing, she always has to start a fight. She doesn't like the way I think. She doesn't understand why I must drink. Assuming, of course, that she's the reason he drinks. <laughs> it's just a great song about a guy who's stuck with a girl who absolutely despises him. Uh, but later in the song, he admits... I don't know what what I'd do without her to drag me down. So it's got that great, like, you know, that final thought or that that line that kind of brings it all 
back around again. Whether yeah. it's toxic or not, that makes up the relationship. And <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a uh, we. I guess we need this. <laughs> Connects with the first song, making you cry. You know, it's like this right relationship that they have no business being in or continuing, and yet they can't live without each other. It's like one of those things. <laughs> Again, it's funny, like going back and looking at look, looking at some of the lyrics on some of this stuff. You know, <laughs> uh, on her couch with my hand deep in her in my crotch. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I'll be honest too. A lot of that stuff was, is um, is also some of the the things that drew me to some of these bands was because uh, some of the crudeness mm-hmm. is. Uh, gave you some sort of little little bit of a like this edge you know oh definitely you no know, you're like and you're singing along to this stuff and um you know and it's and it's funny you feel like you're getting away with something yeah and maybe there was a you know it's a lot going back to like some of the uh the, the you know the the bands the cleaner bands on the like you said the fat records world and stuff you know they, a lot of that those bands didn't really go there you know yeah yeah Regardless, any band from from the from the eighties and nineties has uh, uh there's there's plenty of things that that have been been said that I'm sure aren't. Oh yeah, aren't man! What, in the early nineties, in the early nineties, I was listening to stuff that was so formulaic. It was like they never would have talked about crotches and, and like you know this kind of stuff. Like you listen to like early like early nineties rock, like Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Stone Old Pilots, all that stuff, right. and like. Their song, their songs weren't about farting and like you know grabbing a beer and. <laughs> yeah. It's funny as I get older. I mean, I can go back and listen to a lot of the, the that type of you know the fart jokes and all that stuff. And, yeah, um, I do. I I definitely have a different different look on on a lot of that stuff. But uh, maybe it's so embedded in me. It's sometimes it's fun to put on a nobody's record and. You know, yeah, it gets grandfathered in somehow, you know, you know, but uh, it's you're just like, all right, this was a, of a time. Like not, we said before, not everybody time. grows out of uh, I say, I don't want to say grow out of it. Not everybody shifts away from some of that stuff that maybe they're they're 40, 50 and they're still full on, like <laughs> embodying that whole thing. But um, yeah, Ben, Ben is he's a very, very smart lyricist. So between between the things that are that are crude, and this is where I was getting at. Where like you can you can get an emotion out of some this stuff, even though there's the, a crudeness, or maybe it's something you shouldn't be saying or singing along to, or yeah. you just don't get her. Is maybe stupid. He can make stupid almost seem smart to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's again, it's I'm sure it's a combination of. The whole, the whole at the time, you know, everybody, yeah. everybody involved or the presentation, you know, it's what's what, what separates you, separates these guys. It's the attitude. It's also like that. We're not going to conform to your, your social expectations of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate and what we can talk about and what we can't talk about, you know, what right. we can say on a record in 90, 91, you know? Yeah. <laughs> let's let's move on to the Johnny Nash cover I can see clearly. I can see clearly now the rain is gone.
you know, it's it's funny. I I love that song so much, and it's um, maybe to me it's a classic. And like, I mean, from back then, it was just to be honest, I'm like it's it's pretty loose and dirty, yeah, and whatnot. But it's <laughs> it's screeching weasel doing the song. Yeah, you know, it's not a band trying to be that song. They're not, they're not emulating. They're just straight up being. They're doing it their way, which I like, you know, don't waste my time with a cover song. It sounds just like the original, like, give me something, give me something different, you know, make it sound different, do something with it, arrange it differently. I don't know. Take out the, take out the bridge <laughs> like they did in this song. Right. You know, they took the bridge right out of there feeling it didn't really fit. I don't know. They just couldn't get it to, to work out in there in the, in the, in the punk styling, but yeah. uh, you know, bring the lead line in back and bring that back in instead. And I don't know. They made it, they made it fun. They made it a, their own. That tune was cool. Complete. I'm, I'm believe me. I've had carloads of people just screaming that fucking song. That is whole album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It was actually that, that, that song wound up being in a movie, Jessica's body or something like that. Yeah. It was some like, horror horror campy horror movie i believe it was called yeah. Jeff's body yeah that was like a 2000 that was like megan fox, megan fox right? yeah yeah she was in that god but yeah they, I mean, then they were exactly that the dude was a dude in the movie was in the car and he just started that song comes on and he's singing along to it and yeah it, it, but you know it's cool to hear the bands that we love pop up our dirty little secrets to the mainstream world and um, mm -hmm. to see them pop up in, in places. It's always fun. You know, that's why I love the eighties or the, 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 the nineties, uh, teeny bopper movies. And that was mm -hmm. when you, we were getting, you know, blink One Eighty Two and messed and all these bands that were, you know, that, that genre, you know, it, it wasn't my pop punk. It was, it was, it was, it, sure. You know, yeah. all, all that, all the stuff it, it grew into, but that, that I loved it. I did. I completely fucking floored. You know, when you're seeing seeing the Donnas, you know, in a movie or the Offspring and the Boston, yeah. and or the Boston, yeah, movies, like posters on kids' bedroom wall, and it's just amazing. To me, it was always like I always have to listen to your shit all the time. Here's an opportunity for like you to have to listen to like the stuff I like. Right. It's like being able to actually hear something you like in a movie that you like instead of just oh, something, you know, yeah. generic and boring. Oh, the clash, huh? Is that your band? <laughs> you know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I bring it on with one of my favorite movies. Still bring it on. Bring it on <laughs> yeah. Cliff Pantone. Have you ever seen it? Bring it on. Yeah. With, uh, Oh dude, I had the biggest crush on Eliza Dushku. Is that her who, last name? Who, who didn't? <laughs> Uh, then the movie, I actually referenced them. Um, I, I wrote a song named after a reference from that movie. Really? Yeah, it was a uh, Kristen Dunst was uh, her boyfriend Jan, Jan Jan, the cheerleading man. When they they were oh, breaking man. up, and she told him, "I smell a concept album coming on, Jay." Yeah, she told him that he wasn't. He was a great cheerleader, but he wasn't boyfriend material. <laughs> and I wound up writing a song, a Grand Prix song called "Boyfriend Material," inspired from that. <laughs> Oh man, that's gold. Uh, that is cool. Yeah, I love that movie. Anyway, so Screeching Weasel, man. What's up? Yeah, let's pull it back here. Uh, next, let's take a look at um, Cindy's on Methadone. Cindy's on Methadone. Cindy's on Methadone. 
to me, this song always spoke, uh, it spoke to me about trying to change something by doing something equally as bad, like, you know, trying to kick a drug habit right. with another drug. Right. <laughs> it's like one of those trying to do, trying to, I don't know, break the pattern or something. I don't know. So I was confused with, um, I couldn't remember between Veronica Hates Me and Cindy, I believe Cindy's on Methadone was, maybe it was called Shirley's on Methadone. Mm. At one point, and I think it had, I think yeah. the song was written for some kind of low budget movie or something. And I can't remember. I can't remember exactly. I, I, there's some story in there that's something, something like that. But I believe the name was different and it wasn't Sydney mm-hmm. originally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess Cindy, Cindy on the Methadone, it's class, another classic Weasel song. Um, yeah. The lead guitar in that classic Screeching Weasel. You know, they're, they're, it's one of the things about Screeching Weasel was those leads. Yeah. The, the iconic leads, the the, the, the single stringing, um, very pretty basic and simple. But melodic, you know. Very melodic, not very melodic. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, again, I'm sure it's, it's not something that was never done before, but it was something that kind of seemed to him was a trademark with, with this band. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cindy's on Methadone is a perfect example of that. Yeah, it's a good song. I always liked it. I always uh, sing along to this one. Cindy's on Methadone. We see it in her eyes. Sounds so much better, but it's just another high. <laughs> that was the first Screeching Weasel song I ever covered on guitar, like playing it. Oh, really? Nice. And yeah, maybe we'll do it. All right, I want to get into the science of myth, man. me this song is best summed up by the last section where he's singing it doesn't matter if it's real or not because some things are better left without a doubt and if it works then it gets the job done <laughs> yep it's like an essay yeah essay song yeah it's a it's a thinking man song it's um i guess you, you, you could really you could really dive into it but it's uh you listen you listen to it you know and it's maybe it's a, a little confusing but it's it's smart. It's 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 a smart. It seems like I don't say big words, but um, maybe just topically, it's very it's different from the other we the other tunes for sure. Absolutely. And that's, yeah. how I, that's how I describe it. It's it's a, it's a thinking man. A deeper. Deeper. It's um grasping for some some un, some understanding. Fucking love singing to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this one, it just seems like he's pointing out that people question their beliefs, but right. Neither side, the non-believers and the believers, are necessarily right. You know, it's uh, he he seems to offer instead that there's this notion that both can be used to serve the greater good. Like, why are we worried about what's right and who's not right and who's right and you're right, I'm right, you're not right, I'm not right. You know, <laughs> he's just talking about applying science, but also how important faith can be to someone who has been badly hurt. So I guess he's kind of just saying this is like a different side to Ben Weasel in that like, he's like, Hey man, if, if it works for you and it's not bothering anybody and like, who's to tell you that it's not, not right, you know, or whatever, you know, like what, why are we wasting so much time fighting with each other over this shit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess I don't really have any more to add to this, you know, Right. Pretty much. Well, it's like like the the religion discussion. You know, there's people that 
really get pretty worked up about religion. And I'm, you know, I'm not looking to get into a religious discussion here, but I think what I've come to the conclusion with many guests and we talk about religion is that if you have faith and that faith helps you, if there's something that like you can appeal to or helps you get through some difficult time or moment or then like, who's to, who's to say that that's wrong? You know, Um, like, I don't think people should go around and tell you how to live your life and like, you know, tell you what's what you can and can't do. But like that whole thing, I I will argue to death, but I will never argue with a person who's, who's like, I'm spiritual. I look to this, I look to this thing that I believe in to help me, you know, to help me get through tough times, to help me get through depression or anxiety or, you know, hopefully my football team wins the Super Bowl, whatever, you know, if it, if it works, if it helps you, if it makes you feel better, you right. know, then hell yeah. And again, yeah man. Rock on with your bad self, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And, um, another, another, another thing that's another, I guess another point that, um, draws me to the, to Ben's, songwriting is you know again my i'm not i'm not religious in this is i don't talk much religious things yeah um, it's one of those you know in politics as well but you know it's not that i don't have my beliefs and my same thing you know and so so ben and that's not something i'm going to talk about all the time and so this song i guess is an example of ben comes in fucking slams it for two minutes hits the topic then moves on Right. So it's not, That's all I got to say about that. It's not an album about all these things. It's not a, you know, we're not this band. So maybe there's a lot of things he does, and I and I, and I'm I get drawn to that, mm-hmm. that he that he hits these subjects. So we're not just a fart, you know, fart and joke band. We're not <laughs> just singing about our love for the Ramones. We're not, you know, there's there's a there's a depth in the dimension, and you don't have to, like you said you'll. You don't have to dive full on into something. You don't have to try to change people's minds. You don't have to make a career out of it. But you know, here, here's 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 something to fucking think about. Right. You know, when you get done with the next yeah. couple of songs, then you come back and you can think about that. But uh. <laughs> but yeah. Well yeah. said, my man. All right, flipping the record over, we get the outside. Uh, side B, and that starts off with what we hate. A song that encourages us to get out and do the things we want to do before we get too damn old. Uh-huh. Too old for this shit. Yeah, we're still uh, we're still we're still still trying to push that. Some of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're getting old, and we're still we're still we're still. Uh... Well, it's just one of those classic. You know, we start off as wide-eyed youth, but end up becoming the things we hate. You know, like we get responsible, and we're you know instead of talking about partying and and playing music, we're talking about raking leaves and you know paying off the the car we bought. You know, it's right, like right. you become these like. If you let yourself, you become sort of this thing that you you hate. You don't want to become that. You no, know? you know, and and the thing is, is as much as you're gonna throw your fists in the air when you're younger, I mean, there's certain things you're just you're gonna evolve or you're gonna evolve into it. You're gonna come around to it. You're gonna find 
a value in something that you maybe thought you hated. Right. You know, but you don't have to let yourself, you don't have to let go of, of your youthful feelings and, and your, mm. you know, but yeah, it's a, it's a trial. I love that, it's man. A, Absolutely. It's a, trial. Yeah. it's a trial by error. It's a learning. It's um shifting on ideas. But you know, when you're younger, you just want to say, fuck you. Right. I don't want that. I'm not going to be this. It's easy <laughs> to say. And that's where they were. That's where he was. They were, they were younger, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. but you know, the core, the core of it is, you know, it's maybe, uh, through through the ups and the downs and the shifts and the changes, you know, there's still a core value there. And, you know, are you going to be able to maintain that from, you from your twenties to your sixties and seventies, you know? Right. <laughs> are you going gonna to be that guy and, you know, get off my lawn, you know? Right. <laughs> I know a guy that wrote a song about that once, but uh, oh, who's that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think what I love about this song though, is the way Ben states that, you know, being, being young goes by so quickly and then you're old forever. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like the end lines. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. Is it true? <laughs> Play the song for your preteen. who's like hurrying up to get older. Be like, no, no, no. Right. Cling to your youth, man, because it's going to be gone. Yeah. And sure, you can hold on to your youth, like when you're older. I mean, we do a pretty good job of that. You know, we're 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 a couple older dudes, but we do a lot of things that I'm are doing okay playing with it. My knees can't seem to hold it, though. Yeah, but you know, it's like I guess you're only as old as you feel. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird, you know. Again, when you're, you know, what you thought when you were 20 years old, you know, when you oh, I was such a dumbass when I was 20. Yeah, you know, you look at you looked at 30. At that point, you looked at 30 as being old. Yeah, now, like you know, <laughs> oh, you get old. You get older, and it's uh, you know, you look ahead, and you're just, you're like, shit. I don't feel that much different. No, thirty years later, or what? But now you just have all this experience. You have all these things you've done. Right. You're like, shit. I'm old, but I don't feel old. But like, man, I've been at my job for almost twenty years. Like you just like you get into these things, like these little landmarks that make you feel old. Oh, right, right. You know, like, I don't feel old, but, like, when I find out that some of my students are graduating college, I'm like, shit, man, I feel old. That's yeah, wild. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what well, we hate, man, just, uh, it's, yeah. it's the gist of it. Well, just don't become a curmudgeonly old, get off my lawn kind of jackass, you how know? Did, like, how did Ben do? I don't, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you think a young Ben would have, uh, would, would look at the Ben of today and be like, yeah, that guy's got it going on. Or do you think he'd be like, "What a cranky bastard"? Like, yeah, I think I think he's chilled out a lot. He's still he's still got his spark, but he uh, I think he's taking a little better right now. He enjoys his cigars. I know that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, one of the most. All right, Jay. Let's. Yeah. What do we got next? Let's move on to teenage freak show. Boy, another another vapid standout here. Yeah, and just total fucking fun. Love vapid. Yeah, Love too. whenever that that happens. I guess this was like 
I mean, he had like a demo for there's keyboard on this song, right? This is the one with the keyboard on. Oh yeah, I mean, and he had that on his demo, it. and he was like, "All right, we'll put it on there." Oh, I love the key. That's yeah, the key. You know, yeah, the keyboards of that whole. Oh, uh, this another one, dude. Fucking top of the lungs. For actually, I used this song in a BMX video I did. Did you? I made yeah back in ninety uh even in the ninety six. Dude, Weasley just got mm. fucking consumed by me in that that those couple years. Yeah. Teenage Freak Show, man. It's just fun. It's it's us. It was us. Mm. Oh, it was us doing these things that our parents didn't understand and piercings and dying hair and the the Jenkos and the didn't want to work, <laughs> whatever. Right. You know, it's uh finding your vibe and just like going with it and like not being afraid to go with it. As as Ben sings, I can't handle the same old, same old from you, you know? Yep. Sick and tired of you. Sick and tired of like this boring if like if you want out of life this mundane you know this mundane stuff this top layer crap music movies it's all you you know and i guess the thing is all every generation is going to have that it doesn't have to be colored hair and mm-hmm. you know whatever was going on at that time but uh you know the whole teenage freak show thing is uh, i think it's, i think it just again it's another relatable thing you know maybe you know it's, I, I i related to it I definitely related to it at that time. Oh, hell yeah. Not, you know, for me, I relate I, to it now. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun name. Teenage Freak Show. <laughs> you know I mean? That, that whole Ramones world of, of music and bands. And like teen, Right. We accept you, one of us. Yeah. Teenage anything is, Yeah. you know, but yeah, Teenage Freak Show, man. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Teenage Bonehead. Let's move on to Kamala's Too Nice. This is my favorite song. Probably probably my favorite Screeching Weasel song. Nice. That's not a bad it's one. It's the first Screeching Weasel song I ever heard, but not this version. I heard the Kill the Musicians right. version before I heard this yeah, album. There's, and there's a lyric, uh, on yeah. that album, the version of Kamala's Too Nice, is it's a tad slower. Yep. And the most noticeable difference is Ben sings the song an octave lower. Uh, and I gotta be honest, Jay. In my opinion, I like that better. I the Kill the Musicians version is the superior version for me. Yep. Uh, I just like the way his vocal sounds. Right. In that register, I, I like his voice there. I know he tends to do that kind of that pinched, whiny, snarly thing that he does. Right. Which you know is a is a signature thing for for the band for him oh yeah but i like the lower if he did more songs in that that octave i think i'd be a little bit more on board (laughs) yeah i definitely um take my own my own vocals from there from where he where he kind of goes to i'm always at always a higher little bit above um the snottier yeah yeah i yeah i I like both versions um Mm -hmm. Again, I know there's a there's a, a lyrical difference. I can't remember wh- which lyrics different, but there's there's a lyric that's different. And uh, but yeah, there's, it's a great song about uh, a Kamala, uh, somebody they had stayed with mm-hmm. while they were out out in California. And now I'm I'm and I'm not 100 percent sure if she was the Kamala from Kamala and the Carnivores. Mm. 
which was a, a, a Lookout Records band. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. You know, I didn't do any research before before we did this, and obviously, yeah. I've consumed so much over the years, but some of it's foggy. Yeah. I remember reading this. There. I remember hearing this or whatever. But yeah, there's there's definitely a story there. You know, yeah, it's a great song, dude. I don't blame you for that being uh, your favorite Screeching Weasel song whatsoever. Yeah, I just love it. I love the way I love the, uh... the opening track, man, dude. You know, the opening line is just you took me to her lovely home. Yeah, it's just you know, Nick Rogg on the phone. Yeah, yeah. it's good stuff. Uh, it's definitely a song. I don't, you know, I don't know how it connects to Kamala, but it's definitely a song about a guy who treats somebody terribly, doing awful things, and yet the person still does nice things for them. Yeah. You know. I can't understand why she would ever do anything nice for him uh, by the way he's treated her. Uh, apparently there was a book. Um, I was reading uh, about this art of loving. Yeah. Art. Which is a, this 1956 book. She read Ar- art of loving by Eric Fromm. Eric Fromm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's writing in this book about how love is an activity and it's a skill that can be taught and developed. Right. Uh, not believing that it's, like a magical, mysterious sensation that cannot be analyzed and explained. He's like, this is the way it is. And I think Ben kind of read that, looked at that book, and was just pulling ideas from from that notion. Yeah. Dude, there's some fucking killer lines in that song. <laughs> For sure. Some some funny stuff, too. Mm-hmm. But eat mashed potatoes in the nude. <laughs> totally way rad, dude. Yeah. It's great. I love that stuff. It's a great song, killer song. Killer, killer, killer song. All right, don't turn out the lights. A song about fear of the dark, told from the point of view of maybe a child who's angry at a parent for not taking them seriously we've all been told it's nothing and you know just try to close your eyes you know, go to sleep it's fine there's nothing there's nothing in the closet there's nothing under your bed you know but fear is like such an intense sensation it's such a strong feeling right you know it's just it's not that easy it's not that easy to have someone just come in and be like there's nothing wrong you're fine you know yeah. what because you because you know ben had has that agoraphobia I've read that, yeah. Um, so that that was something instrumental and Screeching Weasel not being the big touring band and um mm. later later in the later years, you know, had a huge effect on lots of things. So going back and like listening to this song, you know, where was he coming from from it? Was it his own fear of going out into the world, you know? Right. Um minimizing it to being afraid of the dark. Having someone try to explain it away or cast it off as not being and, legitimate, and I don't know, and I don't know that, but um, you know, things things to read into, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Again, so witty, the lyric lyrically just so witty. Um, yeah, and, I try to tell you that I'm scared. You act like you don't even care. You just pat me on the head and walk away. So it's that dismissiveness that you, yeah, you were talking about with, you know, whether it's the agoraphobia or. You know, or if we're talking about a, a situation of being afraid of the dark, I mean, you could obviously interchange one thing for the next and say, "Look, my fears, my feelings are real. Don't dismiss them." Yeah. 
the sleeping in the hall. I used I used to sleep in the hallway when I was a kid. Uh, Did you? Yeah, we we had um. So I grew up in a house. We were under construction all the time, but um, I remember we, I shared a room with my my brothers, and we had a just a little hall step step you know stairway came up and it was just a bedroom instantly, and I was I was afraid of the dark and I would just, I'd have the door cracked open and basically like I was in my room with my head and my pillow on the, on the top of the stairway in the hallway. Yeah. And uh, yeah. You know, so yeah, and that's what's great. Again, you take a song like this and you can read into it and be, I'm afraid of the, you know, oh, it's a song about being afraid of the dark. But again, relating wise, like bring it into your own fears of life in general, you know, something that you're, you to anything. that you're, you're battling and in an inner battle and the people around you closest to you don't see it. They're not recognizing it. They're mm-hmm. not there for you. And they're, you know, yeah just uh like he said or like don't minimize it because you feel like you have something that's more pressing you know like i feel like a a lot of adults do that to kids like or like other people will hear you talk and they're like oh yeah you did that well i had to do that you know it's like it's easy oh so you're not allowed to you know you're not allowed to feel sad or feel scared because you don't have it as bad as this person right so at at the end of the day you know whatever you're feeling at whatever extent and the person next to you is feeling it could be a quarter of what you would feel, but to that person mm-hmm. that could be consuming their entire being. Yeah. Because for them, yeah. it's, it's, it's that big. So, you know, come mm-hmm. back, step back and have some, com- a little compassion, understanding, you know, but yeah. So I, yeah. again, I don't turn out the lights. I mean, you can, you could really go deep into that song and you could really pull, it could bring you to dark places. It could bring you to your own, your, your own emotions. And again, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where he, where Ben came from with the, you know, that song. Absolutely. Drawing from his, you know, those battles that he was having with himself. Mm-hmm. So, we follow that up <laughs> with Fathead. Fathead. Yeah, right. So Fathead was Oh man. <laughs> Fathead was a re record. Yeah. yeah. Why? That was on the <laughs> Why? I don't know. Best line, go fart in a puddle. <laughs> Dude, Why don't you go away? Classic. Oh my god. Go in a puddle. <laughs> Even on Jughead's podcast where he did a rundown of this record, he he got to the song and he was like, moving on. <laughs> you smelly butt, why don't you go away? You're just a turd. Yeah. Whoa, what, why, why don't you, go, oh, you little asshole, why don't you go away? Your mother's calling, why don't you go away? Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's it's it's. <laughs> what else you, you said it. you said the line and then that that meant that's that, all i got man go far in the puddle best line everything uh but you know this song for me jay was always i don't know it was, this was a skipper <laughs> for me I, <laughs> I don't know it just it you know you go from like some of these songs on here like don't turn out the lights which we just talked about 
Um, or you go as far back as the science of myth and you've got these songs on here and you're coasting along and you've got, I want to be with you tonight coming up. And of course, then my brain hurts. I don't know, man. Fathead just is in the way. I just, I got to get by it (laughs) because there's other (laughs) stuff to listen to. Yeah. I, 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 I enjoy the, just the, 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 the humor, it's a novelty, the humorous stuff, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but you're right. But again, this is kind of the beauty with this band mm-hmm. that I think that it encompasses all these things. It's not a straight, yeah. and narrow, serious. It's not a subject. It's another corner, you know. Yeah. And 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 then I, a lot of the the music I grew into enjoying is a lot of just the the fun, the fun, the funny, the somewhat crude, the you know goofy lighthearted but you know yeah, yeah it's uh you know so it's that doesn't mean you have to like every song and like it every time or obviously you're not you're not listening to that and like getting a getting a deep emotional take yeah that, no no you know, but, i i laugh about it and i put it down but like i'm guilty of like having a side to me that just loves super corny like bad jokes and right. like you know <laughs> so it's all what you're in the mood for you know but um, yeah, it is funny, right? They recorded it twice. <laughs> I know why. That punk out right, which is amazing, though. Yeah. Well, I want to be with you tonight. This song is about a guy who really likes a girl. He describes how he sees her everywhere, but he seems very doubtful that she would be into him, right? Classic. Yeah. I mean, how many songs are just like that? You know, he seems to believe if she kissed him, she'd throw up. <laughs> <laughs> so not only do we have like the, you know, the trope of like, oh, there's a girl that's unobtainable, like I'll never get her. But I love how he takes it the step further and he's like, yeah, if she even got involved with me, she'd be sick for days. Like, she'd throw up, you know. She probably is a boyfriend anyway. Uh, he's probably a lawyer or something. Like, he's just totally talked himself out of ever having an opportunity to, to, to be with this person or even talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> just talked himself right out the door. Yeah, hey, this song is all about the fucking chorus. Mm, yeah. And in, yep. in, 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 the, in, the, in the, the approach on it, the, the, you know, the musical side it's just you know it's, it's just so sing along so fun you don't even have to like listen to the lyrics yeah overall. it's catchy <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's iconic so iconic and the, mm. this i love the way the song ends too you know just fucking awesome. yeah <laughs> yeah it's a it's a classic i mean it's a it's close to the end and it's uh it's sweet. Yeah. You know, it's, you're, you're really. I see you in my dreams at night. I see you in my food when I eat. I see your pretty mug. Uh, I'm sure I you've got a boyfriend and he's probably a lawyer or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's. But I'll never have a shot with you because if you had to deal with me, and this, you know, ties to like him knowing from other songs that, yeah, I'm, I'm just a jerk. Like, I wouldn't treat her right anyway. You know? Right. She's better off with that lawyer guy. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's, it's probably, probably one of my more favorite songs too on the record. 
Yeah. I, mean, I, don't know. I like this one a lot. Like I said, I have a hard time. This record just. It's fucking like a machine gun for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of, firing them one after another. One of those albums that like feels like a greatest hits, even though it's just one cohesive album. Like all the songs are memorable. All the songs you you've heard them so many times. Like you just you know when they start. You know how much space is between them. You know it's like you're ready for that first hit. Like you know exactly where it is because you've heard it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> Let's end off Jay with "My Brain Hurts," the title track. This is a song that, um, to me, seems to be about feeling alienated, and we've you know we've kind of gotten that sense uh, a few songs on this record and and uh, through you know a lot of Ben's work. You know, not understanding people, not feeling understood by people. I think this is one of those songs that I heard and I was like, yeah, you know, he doesn't relate to the way people are and wonders how to make sense of this. Like, how do I, how do I exist in this world, this space? This is one of my favorite songs, Mm -hmm. Weasel Ben songs of all time, for sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I totally feel such a relation to it. And, and, and it's a, um, you know, one of my favorite lines of any weasel song is in here. And, um, you know, you want to do something right, you got to do it yourself or someone else will fuck it up. It isn't all black and white. And uh, yeah. I probably, I probably without even really realizing it now more than ever, like, cause I, I sing, I'll sing that line out of nowhere, like all the time, mm. like currently. I probably mm-hmm. said that line, sang that line out of nowhere with no music going. Like with my family, I can just whip it out because it's like. You know. <laughs> it's imprinted in your mind. And and, and I think I, li- I live by, I live by, you know, things aren't black and white. Yeah. There's, there's gray everywhere. And there's, there's, you know, and it, but at the same time, you know, you, you're going to do things, do things for, you know, there's not going to be everyone sitting there waiting and holding your hand. Right, Give it, putting everything in in place for you. You gotta you gotta do it. Mm-hmm. When there comes a point where you're, you're you're you can work together, you can with people, with your jobs, with other things. But you know, so you just gotta put your foot down and be like, <laughs> maybe you realize maybe maybe you're a little bit too much of yourself, and you just want to, you know, but put your foot down. Well, there is there's a line in here that makes me almost think a, a little bit about that Jay, because he says, these people look like maggots to me. And I wonder what the hell is wrong with me. Yeah. You know, he's like, you know, he's thinking it must be him. Why can't he relate to other people? So he's, you know, you have this angle where he thinks like everyone's a, everyone's nuts and everyone is like crazy. You can't relate to them. It must be them. But he actually flips it and says, you know, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the one. Why can't I relate to these people? You know. What is it about me that, I feel like I have to do all this stuff. Like, you know, I, I feel like I'm the only one who can figure things out. If he wants something done and right, he has to do it himself. Um, maybe, or maybe that's just the way he feels, you know? You know, again, I, I relate to that a hundred percent. I totally, I currently have a new song that I wrote that actually does that exact same thing. Ah. And then and the line is everything is everything inside my head makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. So the problem must be me. Mm-hmm. If it makes sense to me. It's not working out. 
Yeah. That makes sense to me. So if it doesn't, if it's not working, it's, am I, am I the right. actual problem? You know? So, and you know, I can't, I can't help but think from a lyrical sense again, you know, this is the band that influences me. Ben Weasel is my biggest influence. He totally without question, you know, these, these songs. So it's, it's certainly uh, going to always seep into my daily, daily things, my, my, my songwriting and writing, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, this, that my brain hurts, dude. That's yeah, the fucking, the, the, the delivery. I say fuck too much. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a family show, Jay. But the, the delivery, the delivery of those lyrics are just so powerful. Yeah. You know, and you know, you know what I mean? It's just, it hits so hard. It makes it so memorable. It sinks it in. It's anthematic. And, um, you know, again, like with, with screeching weasel, like so many of the, uh, the non-chorus lines are so catchy. Yeah. And again, like you, the, the, the lead guitars, these melodic leads like you you're singing the leads literally like it could be a lyric like you you're just humming along yeah you know da, 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 da. yeah and, and and i always i always look at it, there's like a continuity between like maybe a lyric is 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 finishing a lead line a lead line's finishing a lyric you're like the woes mm-hmm. are, they're not just backing woes they're connecting these pieces together yeah. In a singular thought or emotion, you know, mm-hmm. just being delivered in another language, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Through music or whatever, <laughs> and um, yeah, my brain hurts. To end the album, my brain hurts is uh, leaves you feisty. There's no frills, man. This album just comes in, point. comes out. I forget the length, yeah. but I think it's got to be right around thirty minutes. Taking a look at the artwork for this album real quick, the, the title, first of all, comes from the Money Python Gumby Brain Specialist skit, which I always thought was funny. You know, gotta love Money Python. <laughs> uh, the cover of the record is a very like 1950s kind of like black and white photo. It's got the two people washing dish- dishes together. And I guess it's supposed to represent like this fake, like this wholesomeness, like, you always think of the fifties as being like such a wholesome time, right. like something that appears to be wonderful, but we all know that like in the fifties, there was like all this stuff going on in the background, you know, with wars and people hiding under desks for, you know, nuclear uh, drills and stuff like that. So it's like, kind of like this, you know, this image of like projected wholesomeness when there's a lot of, stuff going on in the background right the reissue features a drawing of the picture only the people's hands have been replaced with sorry a reissue features a drawing of the picture only the people's heads have been replaced with bug heads right <laughs> and the band name is more predominantly displayed i thought that was kind of cool do you have the original there jay or do you have the, yeah, the bug the original one? lookout press it's uh oh nice i still got the shrink on it still got the shrink on i pay for this bad boy Eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine. Yeah, most of my class, <laughs> you know how it is. I could probably fetch a good penny for that now. Probably. Don't you dare let go of that record. But yeah, I consumed. Uh, I didn't buy a lot of vinyl. 
back in the nineties. No, but, um, my fit, my favorite core bands, I got everything I could. Cool. Definitely one of them. All right. In closing, my brain hurts mark the return of Screeching Weasel, heading in the musical direction they would master over the next few decades. Released in 1991, there wasn't a whole lot out there at the time. It wasn't like today, where countless bands are trying to emulate this sound. My Brain Hurts is a collection of revved-up punk rock with pop influences. It's a look at the bitterness of life, being alone, not being able to please people, combating evil people, being afraid of the dark, and it delivers it with driving guitars and Ben's signature snarl. It's a record that caught my ear, Jay. It's a record that I always enjoyed, despite, you know, a loose fandom around around Screeching Weasel. I find they're a band that I can either really enjoy their songs or just not be affected by them too much. Right. This record, though, as a whole, is one that I have always enjoyed front to back. Uh, maybe minus Fathead. But <laughs> it's a classic, man. I, I'm so psyched that I could have you on here to talk with me about it. You obviously are a huge Screeching Weasel fan. I hear the, the influences throughout your work, and and you've you've talked at length about you know your perspective on the band, and I've always enjoyed your insights. So it was cool to have you on here today. No, well, thank you so much for having me, dude. And I'm Jed. I'm you know always honored when you ask me to be a part of these things and uh it's rad to be a part of it on yeah on something that's so important and what i what i love about your your podcast and your approach in general is you uh you have your thoughts you know your formulated thoughts opinions and you um you're always open to to taking in new information new insights and mm. giving them as well it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing you know, it, Thank you. it enhances, enhances. I like to learn, you know, I know you put a lot of work into these and, and do a lot of research and, you know, and it's so, so it's an honor to be here to have, always to um, do that and have your, as a friend in general. So. Well, thank you, Jay. That means a lot to me. I always, I always do that because, you know, while I might be learning from sources, I'm also learning from all you, you know, my friends who come on here and they might clue me into something I'd never thought about before, or they might get me to recognize or realize something about music that I had considered. Right. So that's definitely a huge thrill for me here to do that with you and, and with other friends who have come on to, to chat, chat records, chatting records. No, it's talking records. <laughs> chatty, chatty, and, uh, talk. Spin them around. Appreciate you being here, Jay. So thank you. Thanks to Krista Makes from Less Than Jake for the theme music. Thanks to all of you. For tuning into Talking Records, it is just the best to dive into these records that we love, records we've grown up on, records we've been talking about for years and years and years. We finally hit the record button, and now we're presenting it for you to listen to, because maybe you feel the same way about these records. Maybe you've been listening to them and talking about them with your friends. Whether you agree with us or disagree with us, it's music. We love it. It's fun to talk about it. Check us out on the socials. Please say hello. Please suggest albums for us to do. We always like to hear what you're listening to, what you'd like to hear about. Uh, tell us your stories. How did you get into Screeching Weasel? How did you get into My Brain Hurts? All right, Jay, anything before we go? Uh, no, man. That was, uh, that was killer. I had a blast. <laughs> awesome. Sick of the humidity. Got it. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Take care, Jed. Later.